0: Macworld Podcast number 375 for September 25th, 2013. Brought to you by Smile Software, makers of PDF pen for iPad. Welcome to another Macworld Podcast. I'm Chris Breen. The new iPhones are out and we've had our hands all over them. Specifically, Jason Snell has been living with his iPhone 5S, while Philip Michaels has done his best to drag his iPhone 5C away from a precocious toddler. In this episode, I speak with both of them. I'm joined by Macworld's Jason Snell and Philip Michaels, who respectively have reviewed the iPhone 5S and 5C.
1: Welcome, you two. Howdy, Chris. Hi, it's nice to be here. Well, it's very nice to have you It's here. terrible Such to be here. Welcome, well, though. you're a terrible uh, yeah. guest if you feel <laughs> uh, that way. Some of us enjoy mm. being on podcasts.
2: No, podcasts are no good. No, it's good to be here.
0: <laughs> oh, good. So um, at the risk of brushing off your iPhone as something less worthy of our attention, Phil, I'd like to start with the iPhone 5C. First of all, which iPhone did you upgrade from?
1: Uh, I upgraded from an iPhone four because I am a very cheap man who holds on to my technology until it uh, until it can't be used anymore. and And if that sounds um, if it sounds exotic to be upgrading from an iPhone four, my wife is still using an iPhone three G, so uh, wow. or barely using an iPhone three G, I should say. So it's like she's emerged from a cave. What were the apparent differences in performance between your old iPhone and Right, and I think that's the, the, the key here. I uh if you're comparing the iPhone five C to the iPhone five, you're you're engaging in a fool's game because really it it's the same phone and I don't think Apple uh, really made the phone, hoping that people would go, oh, color. Let me throw out this phone I bought a year ago to <laughs> to get something in 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 blue or pink. Um, the 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 proper uh, upgrade path is for people who are just coming out of contract on the 4s, or who like me hold on to their technology for as long as possible. And I I gotta tell you, it's it's a major performance difference. I think we uh, we're quoting some lab numbers in in the review, and it compares nicely to the iPhone 5, but it really compares nicely if you're using an older iPhone. I I play a lot of games on my iPhone, and I'm not even talking games that one would think would be that demanding. Uh, A side-scrolling platformer like Ski Safari. On the iPhone 4, occasionally... The, the phone can't keep up with the action on the screen and and pauses to take a little break and that doesn't happen with the the 5c uh, there's another game I like uh, called zombie gunship that is just unplayable on my iPhone 4 uh, it's it's just a shoot'em up and and the camera uh, takes a while to move around as you're scrolling around the screen uh, on the 5c it's it's like it's a brand new game so are there any reasons at all other than color for
0: somebody to move from that iPhone five to the five C? Uh,
1: if you like a sharper front-facing camera, uh, I suppose that you could you could make that upgrade. But uh, no, it's it's the same phone as the iPhone five.
0: Have you actually looked at the images between a five and a five C to see how different that
1: front I, face? I have, is? and if you you stare at them long enough, you can probably um, you can probably <laughs> spot the differences. Um, it's great if you if you really like taking selfies, and I have taken more selfies in the past uh, forty eight hours, I think, than I will ever take again in my life. Um, for things like FaceTime, I really don't think it matters to the person on the other end how you look. We we did a couple of experiments where I would do FaceTime calls on a on a, a four 4S or an iPhone 5 and then a 5C, and I, I I look the same. Yeah, after
2: it all gets compressed yeah. down, it doesn't make yeah, as exactly. much of a difference.
1: So um, I don't think that the I, – I really would be shocked if there's anyone in the world uh, who has an iPhone 5. And is going to go through the rigmarole of of upgrading to a five C. I don't. And again, I I don't think that's the intended audience. I think I think no. the intended audience are people like me who well I, I don't see a compelling reason to upgrade to the five. And and the nature of iOS updates uh, and uh, and time and being out of contract makes it uh, a more compelling case. And I also think that the uh, the look and feel of it. Uh, uh, does appeal to people who might have been experimenting with with other lesser platforms like android um there's a, uh, a, a there's a not dissimilarity between the five c and I think some of the the phones that nokia has been making for the windows phone 8 platform which uh uh nobody asked me but I think that is actually the the uh, along with iOS is one of the better mobile platforms and um, i I think uh, having a phone with this kind of uh, colorful look and this kind of uh, sturdy feel in the hand uh, uh, appeals to that crowd as well and uh, uh, as hard as it is to believe that there might not be people on this planet using an iphone uh, this is a this is a nice way to bring them into the family so a lot has been made of the iphone 's plastic case, so first of all, does it feel really plastic? No. No, no, um, and it's actually surprising how unplastic it feels. I believe that the um, the uh, official term is hard shell polycarbonate, Ooh. but um, that's fancy for plastic. It's fancy. It's a fancy yeah. word for plastic. Well, I'm a fancy man as I walk about twirling my cane and holding my hard shell polycarbonate uh, phone.
2: No, it, it does pair well with a monocle. It, uh
1: it's uh it, it feels really um uh solid in the hand. It does not feel cheap at all. Uh I I'm sorry that I can't quantify that in with with numerical terms, right. but it it one of my – to the extent I had complaints about the iPhone 5, I always thought it felt light and airy and like a, a movie prop that uh, – mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned that on the podcast before. And the first time I picked it up, I I, I nearly heaved it into the heavens because I, I expected there to be a little bit of heft to it, and there was no heft to the iPhone 5. Whereas the iPhone 5C feels a little bit uh, heavier but in a good way, that it feels like you have something substantive in your hands and – um, also, I find it easier to grip uh with the mm. with the the plastic shell on the outside i uh, i 'm a fan of it i I understand that it's it 's not for uh everyone 's taste but uh I I think before you dismiss it as oh it's a plastic toy phone you should actually go down to an Apple store and uh, and hold one in your hands because I think it would be very surprising how uh, how actually sturdy it it, it feels and <laughs> um, I brought the phone home and my my two year old immediately said wow well, it's my new phone because uh, it's colorful and bright and children like colorful things and she grabbed it and ran off with it and two year olds are not very um, not very um uh good at holding things for long times uh mm-hmm. and she dropped it a few times and it uh, it can take a, it can take uh a sufficient amount of licking without even a uh without even a a, a case on it
0: I, you know I, that's a good point because i just got one for my daughter who's at an age now where she needs a phone and uh, I thought it was a, a very wise idea, if you're going to put something in a colorful case, to make sure that the back of it is not glass. So if it does fall, there's maybe, you know, you got a 50-50 chance. Right. Um, I should mention
1: that my iPhone 4 looks like a uh, Matisse painting with all the, the cracks on the screen. Uh, from from how long I've held on to this thing, and I don't envision, I don't I I don't have the fear that the iPhone 5C is going to disintegrate in my hand the the moment that it it takes a bump or a, a tumble.
0: Well, you know, Phil, it happens that Apple is selling a thirty dollar case today that you could add to your. Um, I could, your I iPhone.
1: could, and I've used it, and. Um Apple makes a lot of really nice products, I I, I want to say at the outset. <laughs> they they make a great phone, and oh, the MacBooks are great, the iMac is great. Um, they've made a number of wonderful things over the years, and um, the iPhone case that they make will not join that group. Uh, it's, you know, I, I think Apple sat around going, boy, people making a lot of money on these cases. Maybe we should get into that case game, and I question why they have holes in the back, um, since the entire uh, purpose of covering the phone would be to cover the phone and not allow Mm -hmm. dirt and grime to get in there. And instead, they've got all these holes where dirt and grime can get in. Um, If there's a tactile reason for doing it, which I I respect, there are a lot of third-party cases that that put on bumps and grooves on, on their cases that cover the entire phone um that i think work better than the the approach that that apple has taken i um i am not a fan of the the iphone case i think there are better ways to spend uh 30 bucks of your hard earned dosh and um i am sure that there are third party uh companies out there who will do a much better job with the uh with the uh the product
2: i also think that the colors are so nice that um, the colors of the phone of the phone, right? And I found the colors of the case kind of muted. But um, yeah. more more to the point, it's a really nice. I mean, this is true of all iPhones, but I find it even more true of the five C that this is something colorful and you want to show off the color. So putting a case on it. I mean, if you are you know you appreciate what your iPhone looks like, but it must be in a case because you want to protect it because you drop your phone all the time. Then that's your decision. But I think as a as a uh, You know, a constructed, you know, almost piece of art, a piece of design. Um, The 5C is about that back plate in color, Mm -hmm. and covering it up is kind of a shame. Yep. So, you know, if I had the 5C, I would just, uh, I would use it without a case at all.
1: Why not just make a case that uh, mimics the color and the back plate of the the phone if you're going to go in that direction?
2: Right.
0: Well, yeah, something that would wrap around the front yeah. so
1: possibly protects the front. Right, glasses. gives and you that's a little, really it gives you after. a little bit of a uh, a ridge so that when you drop it face first, it, it spares the the screen from coming into to, to full contact with the unforgiving concrete world below. Yeah, but yeah. right, um, and also I've I've noticed on Amazon
0: that you can actually get. A knockoff of these things for about five bucks each so if you'd like to buy use your thirty dollars to buy six cases in different colors you should be able to do that by the beginning of October. it's six times the mediocrity so let's now turn to the five s uh, and I'd like to start with the processes so Jason you've seen the a7 benchmarks and
2: they're impressive so how does this translate into actual use well you know it, It's hard to quantify it because I think the iPhone 5 is plenty fast. There are moments when you scroll on the 5S, having come from an iPhone 5, that you can tell that the scrolling is smoother. You can tell that... Um, you know you're not pausing so much i've got some apps where they're you know loading things off the internet and drawing things and it, you, there used to be sort of a lag of of like well now it's loading and let's wait where suddenly it's just you know it's scrolling is is stuttery while it's loading and that doesn't happen uh, on on the 5s you can tell the difference there i think a lot of the stuff is um behind the scenes where um like in the photo in the camera app it's doing a lot of image processing, and you don't really – that doesn't necessarily translate into, you know, it's faster. it It's just smoother, and, you know, it does – I think it autofocuses faster, and the white balances are mm-hmm. all adjusting faster, and there's a lot of stuff going on there, too, in terms of image processing. And, you know, games, I'm sure, are going to be much smoother. I downloaded – Uh, Infinity Blade three and the graphics are really impressive. I find that game, that whole game genre, to be kind of impenetrable. It doesn't really do it for me. John Noble from Fringe is one of the voices. I thought that was kind of fun. But then in the end, you're just sort of like sliding your finger, and a a sword is cutting a monster, and that's not that exciting. But the graphics look great, so I think we'll see. You know, uh, the graphics performance will will show up in games where everything will be smooth. But overall. You know, I'm not sure the iPhone is the place where, at least right now, you can see massive differences in this. Uh, I, I'm sure new apps are going to come out that will, you know, say, oh, I can take advantage of all this power to do these crazy things or get away with being a little less efficient with my programming and it won't matter. Um, and we'll see more of that. But right now, I would just say you can tell if you go from a 5 that it's faster. And if you're going from a 4S, to, or a 4 to the 5S, of course, it'll be um, kind of monumentally faster. But from the 5, it, it's most no, most definitely noticeable that it's faster.
1: I think that headroom point is uh, important with... Um where developers can go with apps, because that that's one of the problems you run into when you hold on to a phone for two right. years, as you have to. It doesn't
2: get slower, but all the apps are now being
1: built for those faster processors. Exactly. And uh, and this gives you, the, of all the phones that Apple has done over the years, uh, I think the, the 5S is going to be the closest to when your two-year contract is up, still being a very uh, functional phone uh, because of that processor.
2: Yeah, yeah. Although the 5, I think the jump from the 4S to the 5 was actually larger mm-hmm. speed-wise than the 5 to the 5S. Uh-huh. Um, but regardless, it's yes, it is fast. I think that's actually not the most interesting thing about it, at least now, because, you know, like we said, I think I think 64-bit processing and and uh, this faster processor, it's all things we're going to see in the future. Um, right now, it's it's interesting, but it's not necessarily being taken advantage of as much as it will be down the road.
0: Well, for those people who are confused about 32 versus 64-bit processing, what exactly does 64-bit processing bring
2: You know, it it lets you access more memory. Of course, there isn't more memory in these phones, Um, so that's sort of irrelevant. 64-bit math, there's some processes where you can do 64-bit math, um, and that's faster. Um, My understanding is that... it's actually not the 64-bitness of it, but the fact that there's a new instruction set um, when you compile programs for it. That this is on the new ARM processor uh, instruction set. That kind of I think comes along with using a 64-bit chip, and that's th- those instructions are much more efficient. And so when when apps are compiled for this processor, the 64-bit processor, they're also using those new instructions, and so there's a lot of uh, speed speed up that happens there. Um, But, again, a lot of this is a long-term thing, which is as these phones uh, continue to improve and get more memory, uh, the... the the 64-bit transition will have already been made by Apple uh, because those transitions can be complicated. And we've seen, like, Microsoft had two totally separate versions of Windows for 32 and 64, which Apple never did. And Android is going to have to make a 64-bit transition at some point. So some of this benefit is theoretical. I think the the speed benefits that we're seeing are largely not coming from the 64-bitness of it. It's coming from either this improved compiler and instruction set or it's from uh just the fact that the chip is more efficient and faster, not because it's sixty-four-bit, but that's a it's a buzzword and it's really technical mm-hmm. and computery, and I'm not sure most people are ever gonna care.
1: It would take a scientist right.
2: to explain. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, as we don't have one here, I'll move on. Um, then there's the M7 chip. So under what conditions does this chip kick in and let the main processor... So the
2: rest? M7, I mean, the idea there is that it's reading sensor data, and it's doing that so that the main processor doesn't because one of the reasons, for example, that your iPhone can't be a pedometer is because for your iPhone to measure your steps and log the accelerometer data from your iPhone, it would need to uh, be running, and it would drain the battery very quickly because that's the processor uses a lot of power. So Apple has offloaded a lot of that to this other chip that they call the M7, and that's the um, that can do that logging while the main processor is sleeping and saving energy. So what what is going to happen is there are all these sensors inside these devices. There's uh, an accelerometer, uh, the compass. Uh, you know the, the, the whole like multiple axis sensing. Uh, the GPS sensor knows where it is um, and knows how fast it's moving. So there's all sorts of this this data. Uh, the M7 will log it, um, presumably sort of journal it in a way of saying, you know, it throws out, like, when you don't move for a while, it doesn't spool all that off to and use up your, your storage space. It sort of says, well, and then you sat for a while. And then apps can talk... Can wake up when the phone is in, in use and can talk to that chip and say okay wh- what are we doing now what what happened today for example a pedometer could say give me the you know give me the step data or give me the i want to i want to extrapolate from that how many steps you've taken so far so i think we're going to see a lot more applications that are using awareness of what's been happening or what is currently happening on the phone um, I, I according to apple um, A couple places where this is being used in the operating system on the 5S uh, involve um, trying to understand the context of when you're using the phone and when you're not. So the example they gave me is if you go to the gym and you lock your phone in your locker and then you go to work out, the phone knows, is monitoring its position and monitoring its movement and realizes that it's not moving. It's just sitting. And it will actually go into a low energy mode where it's not going to be pulling your email uh, every five minutes to see if you've got new email. It's going to actually... Save even more battery because it knows it's not moving, and that's because of these sensors. And there are, you know, there are some other examples like that. That it should be able to know when you, you know, when it, when it's in your pocket, it'll know that it's getting jostled around. When it's laying somewhere untended, it, it knows that too. It should be able to know if it's in a moving car or if you're. Uh, the other example they gave is if you do driving directions, and then you get out of the car, you park down the block, and you start walking. It knows the difference, and it will switch if you keep if the map. App is going the Apple Maps app in driving directions, and you park down the block and you get out and start walking. It switches to walking directions because it knows using its sensors that you're now walking. So we're going to see a lot more stuff like that um, that the phone could do before, but it would be so um, energy uh, inefficient that it didn't, it wasn't able to. That now it's going to be able to do.
0: Let's talk about the fingerprint scanner. It's getting a lot of press. Right. So, h- how easy is it to get started with in first? Place?
2: Well, you got to set it up. So the the way it works is you can store up to five fingerprints, and those can be five of your fingerprints, or it can be five different fingerprints from different people, or any combination. So you go to settings, uh, and I think it's under the privacy setting, or maybe it's the general setting. I'm not sure. And there's a, a fingerprint and passcode, which used to be the passcode setting, and now it's fingerprint and passcode. And you basically say add a finger, <laughs> and it asks you to to press your finger on the uh, on the on the home button, which is the Touch ID sensor, and then take it off and put it back on, and take it off and do that a few times, and then it asks you to re sort of reseat the phone in your hand in a different hand position. And the the goal there is that is that it wants sort of all the edges of your finger, not just the dead center, so that if you touch it sort of at, uh, on the side or something, it'll still be able to recognize that finger. Um, and then it, and when it's done with that, it says great, it's saved. And and at that point, that's it. Um, I should say you have to have a password or a passcode on your phone in order to turn on this feature because you need a backup in case something happens, in case the sensor fails, um, in case you need to give this to a friend in an emergency and say, here's the passcode. Uh, Please unlock it even though you're not there. All of those scenarios. So um, you have to turn on a passcode. I actually used to use a four-digit passcode, and when I set this up, I switched it to a long password because I don't have to actually enter it most of the time. Um, so it's more secure as a password and then the rest of the time I'm using um, a couple of uh, different fingers I can use so once it's set up you know you literally press the button um, to wake up the phone and keep your finger on the button as you release and it, it scans your finger and unlocks the phone and you you no longer you've got a, a, a phone other people can't open but you don't have to be um, putting in the password every time you wake it up
0: is there a way to configure it so that you have to use your fingerprint as well as a password? No, and a
2: lot of the security experts out there who have written about this, even some people who've been trying to find ways to to uh, see, you know, how how easily it can be subverted, they say that they would really like to see what's called two factor authentication, which is two separate means, and that would be turning on the passcode and the fingerprint. It, there com- there's complexity there because then you need another fallback password in case you the fingerprint sensor fails. You need another way to get in there. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's back to one factor and you, you've lost the second factor. So there's some complexity there and I think that's probably why Apple hasn't done it yet. There's been such a, a human cry from security experts about it. It wouldn't surprise me if Apple does add that as an option. I think most people wouldn't do that. But two-factor is is, is um, uh, sort of a degree of, uh, uh, an order of magnitude in some ways more secure. Um, but right now, it's an either or. Essentially, you're either putting in your passcode or you're putting your finger down on the home button.
1: Looking forward to that retina scanning in iPhone <laughs> 6.
2: <laughs> so, what's Apple's play on this?
0: Is it simply just another feature or are they going after the market where Blackberry
2: once sat? I think this is like Time Machine. And bear with me here Time Machine. Is in OS X is Apple's backup software. And the whole idea behind it was not that it was going to replace high end business backup systems. You know, that wasn't the goal. What What Apple did was looked at the computer market and saw that most computer users didn't back up their data, and that that was really bad, and that they would be better off backing it up, but it was too complicated. And Apple built time machines so you could plug in a hard drive, and it would say, would you like me to use this for backup? And you'd say, OK. And theoretically, at that point, you had multiple versions of backup uh, from that point on, on that hard drive. This is like that. This is Apple looking at the iPhone and saying, there are a lot of unlocked iPhones out there. That's really dangerous because anybody who finds your phone can get into your uh, email accounts and your Twitter account and anything like that. We want more people. To lock their phones, but it's it, you know people aren't locking it because it's inconvenient. So with Touch ID, um, they're going to get more people locking their phones because it's going to be easier for them to unlock it. And I think that's what it is. I, I I don't think this is NSA level security by any means. And if you can run the impossible mission force, if you can take lift a, a clear print and transfer it via super glue and build a latex false finger and and uh, put some. Uh, moisture on it, and then lay down the print. You and people have done this. You can fake out Touch ID, but it's such a ridiculous amount of work that somebody would have to go to that. If you were engaged in spycraft, it would be relevant. But for regular people, basically, it's like, hey, you can lock your phone, and um, you don't ever have to even remember the password because you just you just give it your your thumb, and boom, it's open. And I think that I, I think the goal there is just to increase the number of people who are doing that, especially since in iOS 7, that lock also includes a. Or a, a, a lock for um, for the phone's locked from authorization. So if it's stolen, you need a password to get uh, to to uh, to reformat it, basically, which is going to ideally reduce stolen iPhones because those iPhones will be kind of unusable afterwards. So it's a combination of these sorts of things that are, that you know, Apple's trying to just l- get everybody to be a bit more secure in a way that isn't inconvenient because it was just inconvenient to lock your phone before.
0: We'll be back with more from Jason and Phil after this word about Smile Software's PDF pen for iPad. Now, if you've been living in this internet age for more than a few weeks, you understand that files in Word format are yesterday's news. A vast number of files we work with now in the office at home or on the road are in the PDF format. And they are for good reason. Formatting is maintained across platforms and every computer platform supports them. However, without the proper tool, they're a pain to edit and mark up. Fortunately, if you're the owner of an iPad, you can have that proper tool for just $15. Smile Software's PDF pen for iPad. With it, you can edit, mark up, and sign your unprotected PDF files wherever you are. You can even store frequently used images, signatures, objects, and text for later use. And when you're done, you can easily sync them with iCloud or Dropbox. I use it, as well as the version of PDF Pen for the Mac, and it's the goods. For more information, check out smilesoftware.com slash macworld. Oh, and keep your eyes peeled for Smile's latest release, PDF Pen Scan Plus, for mobile scanning and OCR. We'll be talking about them the next time around. Now, let's turn to the camera. Uh, One of the things Apple has talked about, the camera sensor, is that it's more sensitive to low light. So have you had a chance to shoot in low light? A little bit.
2: It is definitely better in low light. I was uh, shooting some pictures in my house last night. Um, Definitely better in low light. Um, Like I said, it seems to be, and whether this is the camera or the processor, it seems to be... Focusing faster, um, doing a better job of guessing where the the focus point is supposed to be, and definitely um, definitely looks better in low light. There's no doubt about it. I, I um, in my in my bedroom, I I was uh, focusing in the hallway through the bedroom door. Um, and the uh, the TV and below it was really it was really dark and it was really in shadow on the iPhone 5 and then I switched over to the 5s and it was surprisingly clear with a lot of detail and I wasn't even trying to look at that part because I thought that would be too dark so I, mm-hmm. I I definitely am seeing that that the camera is is better at at um, at low light.
0: Now what about under normal shooting conditions? A lot of difference between the five and the 5s.
2: Uh, I'd say the picture quality is better, but, um, you know, it, it's it, the 5's camera was good, too. I, I, like I said, I think what I really noticed there... Is more about the the responsiveness, the fact that there's this burst mode, and 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 which we'll probably get to in the slow mo and things like that are all about speed of taking more good quality pictures than they are taking a super high quality picture. Um, you know, having one snap be higher quality. I suspect that it is it's better, but that's sort of not the point uh, of this update is to make the the single image a, a whole lot better. I'm sure it's better, but. Uh, it's the other stuff that that conspires to make you end up with better pictures in in worse conditions, I think.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about burst mode. How does that work?
2: You hold down the button instead of just tapping it. um, You hold down the photo button uh, to take a picture, and it takes a bunch of pictures. And then it picks one that it thinks is the best one. Uh, using fancy software and again that fast processor, and then you can go in and look at all the pictures if you want and pick different ones and for action shots and things like that you can you know it's it's essentially taking like it's it's video speed essentially of these high quality still pictures, and then you can um sort of make your judgment about which one you want to go with and th- we've seen this on some other phones um Android and Windows phone phones before, and it's a clever idea that you know why snap one when you can snap ten. And then pick the best of those because they'll be slightly different.
0: So once you pick one, does it flush up the others?
2: You know, I'm a, I'm a little unclear about about that yet. I need to spend more time playing with it. Um, it, it, it sort of makes a stack, and they're inside. Um, mm-hmm. I assume they all get downloaded, um, but I, I honestly I don't. I haven't gotten that far yet. I've been taking them and looking at them on, on the device, and I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time. Um, seeing where they where they go, you you know presumably you're ending up with a whole lot more photos if you do that. But um, some people want to save those photos and some people don't.
0: Yeah, because I was wondering about storage. If you get, for example, the sixteen gigabyte model and you take a lot of pictures, are you going to just burn up your storage in no time?
2: Probably, but that's the same. I mean, that's the same with video. I mean, you, when you're taking ten eighty p video, it's going to fill yeah. up that that too. It's that that's part of the. Uh the trick here you'll you'll want to offload those images when you can to some place that has more storage. Right.
0: So now what about the slow motion feature? First how does it work and how easy is it?
2: There's a there's a new mode called slow mo, so it isn't the regular video mode. Um, so you you know you're swiping between the video modes in the new iOS 7 camera app and one of uh, or all the different photography modes. There's square and regular photo and there's and there's video and there's slow mo and there's panorama. So slow mo mode is shooting everything at 120 frames per second. You can see it when you switch to it and you move your phone around. Suddenly everything is super smooth in a way that it wasn't before. Um, at that point, it works just like and it, taking pictures with, or taking video with an iPhone. You just take the video. Um, what happens after that is that you end up with, um, you, when you look at the video, you've got uh, two sets of in and out points, basically. There's where the video starts and ends, so you can crop the video, basically, and say, well, start it here and end it there. And then there's this dotted line in the middle, and that basically lets you say, where do I want the slow-mo to start and end? So you can quickly create a video where it starts normal speed, kicks into slow-mo, and then goes back out to normal speed. And if you really want, you can have them be the same and then it's just all slow-mo and what what it's doing is normally when we take video it's at 30 frames per second and what uh what the iphone does is take it at 120 frames per second so what you end up with is four frames for every beat in normal speed Mm -hmm. video and and you know cheap slow-mo like iMovie used to do just literally takes one frame and repeats it two or four or three times and so it's sort of like tick tick tick. You're still watching the same frames. They've just been slowed down. This doesn't mm-hmm. do that. This is actually using f- real frames that happen. So you slow it down to a quarter speed and what you're getting is movement on every single one of those frames. Um, so it's much more like uh, sort of like a super slow-mo that you'd see on a sports broadcast where you can see this the baseball... And the baseball isn't just kind of like ticking frame 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 the baseball is actually rotating very slowly as it comes into mm-hmm. home plate it's kind of like that it's pretty cool it's going to revolutionize skateboard videos let me tell yeah. you <laughs>
1: the, the, the camera stuff interests me um because i think this is uh, with phones there's only so much you can do and change and innovate and i think Cameras is one of those cameras, and making the phone more indestructible are the two areas where uh, uh, phone makers seem to be trying
2: to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, and battery life, I'd throw yeah, in there. Yeah, you bat- see that yeah. with Android phones, right. where there's just like this has got a huge battery. But um, with Nokia and with Apple, yeah, you, especially you know, Nokia, I'm thinking uh, with
1: ten, the ten twenty four. Yeah, the, with a the the giant, yeah, sh- with giant,
2: uh, bulgy kind of camera. Yeah. I mean, Apple. Where Apple hasn't gone here is they haven't made a like super bulgy uh, thing because the bigger that that lens space is, the more. things things you can do and you can have more Zoom and things like that. And Apple hasn't gone there because they they like their thin thing. But, yeah, clearly Apple and Nokia think that um – since these are replacing our cameras that uh, photo features and then and also just doing things that that a smart device can do that a stupid camera can't do and right. i've got an slr and it's got a lot of intelligence in it but it is not anything like the software in these phones and so it can do a lot of really intelligent image processing and 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 uh, burst mode and and super slow mo and and then you're cropping it right on the device and yeah it's it's definitely a big focus for apple it's funny when you think about the 5s everybody is. Talking about the, the the fingerprint scanner, but that the the photo stuff um, is is a big deal, and Apple's not playing quite the same game as their competition, especially Android, but but Nokia too. In in terms of um, you know, Apple's trying not to play the megapixel game so much, um, and is just focused on getting the highest quality image. And um, you know, Nokia and make no mistake that Nokia phone takes really really great um, pictures Um, it's not just making megapixels for the sake of making megapixels Um, and apple is in a race with them in terms of image quality but apple's not as concerned about saying it's 90 megapixels versus eight as it is in saying look at how easy it is to take all these great pictures and all this great video and that's definitely a focus and that's what apple's good at because they are combining the hardware and the software to do that Right. Well, let's talk about the camera's flash. Apple made a big deal about
0: it, that it's got yep. two lights instead of one. Yep. And, you know, if we've taken pictures with an iPhone before, you know that it looks like you've trapped somebody in a dark alley somewhere. So how much better is the flash?
2: <laughs> well, everybody I've talked to about this says the same thing, which is the flash is better. Don't use a flash. <laughs> <And> that, <laughs> that's essentially it. Is Flashes are not good. Flashes right. are... Uh, Necessary, right? Like you should I, I I use my camera with flash set to off, not auto, and I turn it on if mm-hmm. I'm unable to get a decent picture any other way. And I think most people should do it that way because the low light, like I said, the low light performance is pretty good. It may be even a little noisy, but um, the the light is going to be based on the actual light in the room, like your eye sees it. So it's going to feel much more real. Um, and a flash is just this big blast of light from a single point, and so the shadows are weird, and it can be they can really be unpleasant in people's faces and. Um, that all said, yeah, the flash is better because the flash is, it's two different flash modules that can be of varying intensities and they both have different color temperatures. So one of them is yellower and one of them is bluer. And it does the, that super fast processor in that iPhone is uh, monitoring the color temperature of the scene and making a guess about what the best color temperature would be, the best shade of white for that flash to flash. And the, and, and so what you end up with is something that's a better match. It's a better fit. It feels a little more natural, feels a little more like it's part of the scene. Um, so if you're in a really yellow kind of place, it's going to give you a really yellow kind of light to fill it in instead of this harsh blue light that doesn't belong in that in that room. That all said, and and it is much better you should not use a flash still it's you know it's still a single point of giant Mm -hmm. light intensity it's still not uh it's still a last resort but it's a it's better and it's clever and i appreciate that um but again you shouldn't use it unless you have to
0: Okay um, we've talked a little bit about battery life. Have you noticed that the battery is uh, more efficient than past iPhone?
2: I haven't noticed uh, you know I, I, uh, I've been using it for a few days. Um, it seems to me to have very much on iOS 7 the same battery profile as the iOS 7 uh, iPhone 5 that I've been using which is essentially Apple seems to Apple's goal seems to be get you through the day. Mm-hmm. you know if you go to work, if you unplug, go to work, work all day, use it you know a normal amount not intensively every minute, but a normal amount, and then you come home at the end of the day, you should be able to get through the day with a little battery to spare and I would say that it does that
1: that's been my experience with the five c as well We didn't really talk about battery life there, but the five c I've noticed no real uh, uh it's certainly not less than the i Older iPhones,
2: yeah, and it's, um, you know, I I never plug my phone in at work, and I don't run out of battery power. But when I get home, I need to plug it in because right. I've kind of used most of the battery at that point. And I think that's what Apple's going for. Um, and so people who really heavily use their phone all day, so that they have to charge it in the middle of the day because they're already eating through their battery, that will continue. I don't see there, you know, I don't see there being a, a big difference here.
0: So is there anything that displeases you about this phone?
2: I don't know. I I really like the super black um slate model of the 5 and the space gray is a lighter gray and it's fine, but I kind of I kind of miss the Darth Vader phone. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. It's 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 good. It's 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 better than the 5. Um yeah, it, it's I, I I don't really have any complaints about it, other, other than the fact that you know it's everybody's still on two-year subsidy contracts, and and so if you want the new iPhone, it's always going to be a pain if you bought last year's model, and it makes uh-huh. everybody who bought last year's model, which I did, kind of look at this and be like, ugh, you know, it's <laughs> it's so much more expensive because I already have a five, right. a- And quite honestly, I, well, I went into this thinking, well, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm 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 not gonna need. A 5s because I've got my 5 and I like it. And the one thing that I will really miss when I give the 5s back is going to be Touch ID. As gimmicky as it seems like it would be, um, I do have a passcode on my iPhone 5. I don't really like entering it, but I do it because I finally decided I need to be able to lock it, lock people out from my phone, and uh, and have it be safe. And boy, it's really nice to just be able to open your phone and uh, and have it open because it reads your fingerprint. That that um, I know that's a, a really kind of like lazy person's feature, but um, it makes it much easier to secure your phone knowing that all you have to do is put your finger on it and it opens up. So I will miss that the now, most.
1: Now I'm imagining Jason in the
2: coming weeks just holding his his thumb against his iPhone 5 and sign for Already done <laughs> it, already done it. We, th- did, we just did a photo shoot and they took my 5S away from me and I switched back to the 5. Um, and I, op- I, I unlocked it and, and stared at it, my, and I kind of, like, repositioned my thumb on it, and I went, oh, right, five. Ugh! And then I put and in the, the code. The so Lonely it, Man theme from the whole so kicks in. And- the sad story of one man who mm-hmm. thought his thumb could unlock his phone, but it couldn't. So who is the iPhone 5S four? People with thumbs. Yeah, no, See, who's got two thumbs and wants an iPhone 5s? <laughs> this guy. Uh, it's for people who want the best and the latest and greatest and fastest. And I think that's how the breakdown is going to be between the 5C and the 5S. 5S is going to be for people who want to pay more for the best thing. They want. They want the. They want that metallic look, whether it's the gold or the silver or the or the space gray. Uh, They want that so that the kind of like high-end, refined, metallic look. They want to pay more for the super-fast processor and the thumbprint sensor and the better camera and all of those things because you will pay more. Um, It's for that group. Uh, What's interesting about there being a 5C and a 5S now is that it's not the phone. It doesn't have to be the phone for everybody anymore. The 5C is the phone for everybody. It's $100 less. Right. And it's really good and they're going to sell a, a a huge number i almost said an unfortunate phrase there let's just say a bathroom load <laughs> of iPhone 5Cs they are it's going to just it's yeah. it's already happening the 5S you know it's going to be i think for people like us who really love technology and are willing to pay a little bit more for it people like macworld podcast listeners and macworld readers i think those people who are enthusiastic about technology are going to be more likely to get it uh and people who are a little less price sensitive are more likely to get it um that all said, you know, I don't think there's any shame in, in, in people opting for the 5C, I think. Yeah not, not,
1: yeah, not to contradict everything you've just said there, Chief, but uh, some Macworld podcast participants are, are, are tight with a buck. Yeah. And the most compelling feature about the 5C, not to bring the cruel stench of commerce into this, but uh, the most compelling feature is its price Tag. Well,
2: it's $100 less it's and you're a- not and you're not sacri- you're sacrificing a lot of whizzy features but right. if you're coming from the 4 or the 4s. If you're coming from an iPhone 4 with a shattered screen like somebody who's in this room yeah. with me. <laughs> uh, the 5 5c pretty awesome on its own. Yeah,
1: you, you to, to to get a phone for a hun- uh, a phone for $100 less, you used to have to buy last year's model under yeah. Apple's old right. scheme and, and, and now you you're getting this is year. sort of last year's last technology year's model, but it has but not. it's pretty and it has a few new features yep. and so it feels it it's
2: new to you Friend. Yes, that's that's it. So, so I think that's a, a brilliant move. But I think the 5S will still have a, a following among people who want to spend that money for those super high-end features, and it takes the pressure off of that model. That model can be the aspirational crazy new technology. Buy it if you want that new tech. But if you don't, that's fine. We've got this other model for you. Kind of. I think that works for Apple. I think that's a better approach that lets them load that crazy stuff into the higher-end model and still have a perfectly great one um, for cheaper that, that more more people will probably buy.
0: So, do you think this is the model that Apple will go forward with? That, that basically, this C model becomes the iPhone Mini that people have been talking about forever.
2: Yeah, I, I do think there will always be now a a cheaper new iPhone and a nice new iPhone. There may be others too. But I think that's the... I I think Apple's trying to clear last year's model out of the channel. I think that next year, I don't know whether we'll see an iPhone 6C or whether we'll just see a new iPhone 5C or what, um, but... I, I do think whatever it's called that we're gonna this is gonna continue that that this is a better way to do it than say you're buying last year's model because I just psychologically mm-hmm. even if you even the iPhone 5 stayed in the pr- product line people would be like oh, eh, it's the old iPhone iPhone 5C is like hey it's the new iPhone it's the same except for the colors and the shell but it doesn't matter because right. you feel better about buying it.
0: Both these phones ship with iOS 7. And I'd like to ask each of you how comfortable you are with the latest version of the iOS, because, as you know, the Internet has been full of people complaining about it
1: because we
2: expected them
1: People to. are complaining on the Internet. That's not the, yes! that's not the Internet that's the I sh- grew up that's knowing. It's the surest
2: sign uh, that the Internet is still, yeah, still running. <laughs> you've changed Internet. It used to be about positivity and love. Yeah. I've been yeah. using iOS 7 for ages now, and uh, it takes some getting used to, but I really like it um i like i like how it looks i think there are some questionable decisions in it that are going to need to get worked out um you know i don't like the safari icon i think the the music app is problematic but i like the look um i like some of the animation stuff that they do i like this sort of different planes uh you know translucent planes kind of moving on top of each other as a as an interface metaphor because what is the iphone but a uh, you know, it's a slab of glass. It is itself a tr- kind of translucent plane. So having that metaphor kind of works because that's exactly what what it is is a flat plane that you're sliding your finger over. Um, so I, I like a lot of it, and um, I think it's a great thing to build on. And I do think that there are issues with it, but the issues don't mean that it's a failure. Um, the issues mean that it's uh, essentially iPhone Mark II version 1.0, and there's going to be some progression that needs to happen. And I'm really excited about the apps. There are a lot of really smart. Takes on iOS 7. There's some bad ones, but there's some really smart takes on what the iOS 7 interface means that we're starting to see in apps, and app developers are getting inspired by it. And so, you know, I think Apple set off in a good new direction. But, you know, Phil has not had the time that I've had with it. Unlike Jason,
1: I am dragged kicking and screaming into new things. And so the first time I saw iOS 7 was when I fired up the iPhone 5C. And um, you know, I, I generally like it. I was surprised G- given the tenor of comments on the internet. I thought, oh, I'm not gonna <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna uh, be able to use this iOS in a in a in a happy way. And yet, I, it 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 feels very natural. It works well. There are a few things I don't like. The keyboard, um, I don't like. Th- this is a strange thing to complain about, but I really hate the shading on the caps lock key because it looks like. The, the shading is off to me because it mm-hmm. looks like the caps lock key is already engaged. Yeah, you, I get confused by the shift it, key in yeah. general. Yeah, and uh, um, uh, Jason mentioned the 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 parallax uh, uh, effect. I have kind of shaky hands, so it seems like my icons are constantly jiggling. Hmm. And that's that. You can turn that off. I, I could turn it off, but uh, I'm getting used to it. All right getting used to it. No, I, I, I generally like it. Um, the, um, the swipe down feature to bring up Spotlight is a, is a bit of a, a bummer. I have a, I have a very lazy swipe, I've learned, that doesn't quite go at a 90 degree angle so sometimes it goes down and, and things pop up that, that I wasn't expecting to pop up. Uh, uh, or actually that's control center, I think. that uh, so Something pops up when I swipe, when I think I'm swiping to the left or right and I swipe down. Ah oh, yeah yeah so, uh, it, it takes some getting used to but I I I don't I don't dislike it I'm not in love with it but it's a good right. friend. Okay, good. Yesterday Apple released new
0: iMacs. Is there anything to be excited about, or do we just say oh worthwhile speed bump and uh, they're still great computers?
1: Uh you know that's something that our, our our lab is going to have to determine as they get the new uh, systems in and 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 put them through their paces but to me it feels like a speed bump from what I've what I've heard as we're recording it this morning um new haswell processors and i think some other interface changes to uh to to improve performance um uh yeah, it's it, it's sounds interesting. Obviously, not a not a major new revamp with a with a new look. I, to be honest, with yeah, I, I can't speak for Jason, but uh, I've been I've been a little bit phone focused lately.
2: Yeah, me too. Um, I would say I I have read the press release about it, um, <laughs> and I'd say it looks like speed bumps. Haswell processors. That's good. They're all i5s, upgradable to i7. That's good. They're last year's enclosure design, so we're not going to see a new iMac look for a little while because we got one last year. Um, I've been using the Haswell-based MacBook Air, um, and it's great. (laughs) These, you know, the the Intel processors uh, on Macs are really good. These are four-core versions. My MacBook Air is the two-core version. So you know they're refreshing with the latest and greatest. If you've been waiting to pick up an iMac or want to get an iMac around the holidays, I mean that's what Apple is primed for. This so these are the new, you know, new fast, low power, you know, iMacs. They're 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 like last year's except faster. And I, I I, yeah, I'm not sure there's much more to it than that. That they're the latest and greatest, so that the people this fall who are buying iMacs will get these, uh, which are. You know, latest and greatest instead of year old models, which nobody wants. So, either one of you want to take a bet that this is the beginning of the
0: march of new stuff on Tuesdays oh, yeah. until the end of, say,
2: November? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think we're going to be seeing Apple rolling out a whole lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to see Mavericks at some point. We're going to see a new Mac Pro. We're going to see new MacBook Pros. We're going to see, obviously, new iPads. Yeah. Um, that's all going to be happening the next few you know between yeah between now and sometime in November most definitely the only one I would hold back is that that Mac Pro and Mavericks you know it wouldn't surprise me if that's in mid even late November if uh, nobody is buying rushing out to buy a Mac Pro for Christmas and they want to get Mavericks right Um, and I don't know I mean they could they could release it all in two weeks but they could also take their time and go as late as as you know right before Thanksgiving and I don't think anybody would be shocked if that happened but yeah I suspect we're going to be getting press releases on Tuesday mornings from Apple for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah and this is what Tim Cook promised everyone uh earlier in the year when it seemed like Apple was uh was taking a little siesta he would Tim Cook would occasionally emerge in front of Wall Street analysts or or the press and say hey we've got we've got some stuff coming starting in the third quarter rolling out through the fall and into 2014 yeah. so uh I, I i am looking forward to the releases and then when the uh the releases are complete i'm looking forward to the inevitable has apple lost it columns uh, to to come out
2: <laughs> yeah well if you think about it there was between the iphone um and ipad launches last fall and and uh and now there was kind of nothing
1: yeah no there was mm-hmm. a lull
2: yeah there was that ipad you know 4 upgrade and you know, really not not a lot happened.
1: You drive by the 280 in Cupertino. You look at the Apple uh, campus. There was a giant "gone fishing" sign yeah. hang, hanging from <laughs> and the out. building.
2: But they were actually not fishing. That was a clever ploy. Yeah, and they mm. were working on this stuff. And now they're dropping it all. So it, it's reminiscent of a few years ago where they had a, I think like an eight or ten week span where there was a new oh, Apple yeah. product oh, no, announcement that w- every Tuesday. And they was were very crazy. tired. Yeah,
1: it was in the springtime, and yeah. it was just it, it. It was basically from from like the start of the year on to about mid march
2: there was a new new product every every tuesday happening yeah and and i feel like we're maybe about to experience that again yeah Yeah.
0: again jason and phil are responsible for the iphone 5s and iphone 5c reviews you want to check out macworld.com for those reviews when they become available and then, uh, of course, we have information about the new IMAX and lots of information about iOS 7. So check out Macworld.com for everything you need to know about Apple's new stuff. And keep your eyes peeled because there's more new stuff coming. And thank you very much, Jason and Phil.
2: Thanks, Chris. Thanks. It was great to be here. It was excellent to be here.
0: And that wraps up this episode of the Macworld Podcast, sponsored by Smile Software and its PDF pen for iPad. I'd like to thank Jason Snell, Philip Michaels, and of course you for listening. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to drop us a line at podcastmackerel.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 415 967 3622. This is Chris Breen reminding you that you can find more Apple, macOS, iOS, and technology news, views, and information at backworld.com. See you around.